0: This podcast episode is powered by Afropods, the world's number one podcasting platform for African stories.
1: Hi guys, welcome to another episode of We Are Curious. We still have two Eric's, a bottle of wine, and a couple of new faces. Mm. So we have a few interesting things we want to talk about. And let's start with this week's um, markets, the performance on the NSE. Felix. Yeah. Hi, guys. It's me again. Today, I'm not talking about Uganda.
2: Today, we are basically discussing about how markets have been performing. As you know, I'm your in-house analyst. But before I say something, let's first introduce a new face, the latest member in our podcast session. Her name is Leah. Leah, please.
0: Hi guys. So well, my name is Leah. I'm the new person in the group. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Thank you. Welcome. You get the hang of it. Thank
1: yes. you. <laughs> okay. Well, Felix, where were we? All
2: right. Um, as Leah picks up, maybe we can pick up on a few things on what happened uh, this week, not only on the Nairobi Securities Exchange, but generally on the local markets within uh, the region, covering both uh covering both uh kenya as a country and also the east african region so we'll start on with nairobi uh what happened is this week we've seen a couple of things happen the initial one being safaricom coming from last week's price and closing down by about 2.74 percent this week um safcom has closed today that is friday at 35 shillings and 15 cents up from 36 shillings and 15 cents where it was uh last week on friday Remember on Friday last week, we had mentioned that the momentum would still be able to increase um, if investors came into the market, but we're seeing also traction building up on other companies and so uh, that's something that is really, really um, worth it. Uh, Yesterday we also noted that uh, the Nairobi Securities CEO, uh, Mr. Geoffrey Dundo, had mentioned that they're looking forward to building the local markets by bringing in a lot of companies um, to to list on the NSE and also earlier we had the chairman uh, Kiprono Kitoni say that he would also try and convince the government so that the government could sell some of the stake in the listed companies just to uh, beef up a little bit of activity on the exchange. So that is something that we are really looking up to.
1: Mm-hmm. Let's let's have a honest conversation yes. on, on the government just selling about in there. <laughs> Um Would Do you think the government is going to sell its stake in, you know, the powerhouses like Safaricom, you know, KPLC and KCB?
2: Well, uh, let me give you guys my honest opinion. Mm -hmm. I have removed my analyst face-off, I'm now giving you guys a different aspect. Mm -hmm. Uh, The reality is this, the government is likely not to sell um, the stake in most of these companies the reason being, you know, the government has vested interest in these sectors. There are some sectors that if the government would leave um, for companies, for individual companies to control, then there's a risk um, to the government itself. We've seen the government being um, having vested interest in the manufacturing space, the telecommunication space. We've seen them also get into the retail space, and that's why we saw the government almost at, to a lot of times the government has always wanted to work on Uchumi as a company. That is because the government does not the government is not in the business of making money. The government is in the business of creating efficiency to the people. So the government is likely not to sell these companies um, in my honest opinion, uh, because just to wrap it up, I think the government has a lot of vested interest and the risk at which they hold if they sell these companies, is slightly too high. Um, if, if, if these companies get into the hands of individuals, uh, it's likely to cost the government higher than what they have in, in saving that. I don't know what you think, Eric.
3: Maybe, I don't know. Uh, I think when Kiprono was making that recommendation or when he was saying that, um, I thought he, will, he meant more on the government uh, raising revenues for themselves, one, and also um, re-energizing the market. I I, I feel like that's that's the point of view that he had when he was talking about uh, the government just selling off some of those counters. And again, I would want the market analysts in this room to maybe just help me understand. um, Don't you think if the government really sold some stake in some of those companies, there could be like a cash injection and there would be that um, re-energization of the market, uh, so to speak? Interesting. Maybe I would let Eric with a K uh, comment on
2: that. Um, Eric, uh, probably can say something before I wrap it up.
4: My, my view is this. Uh, we've seen some of the listed companies that are either affiliated to the government, their performance on the exchange, uh, most of them hasn't been good, except for a few like uh, Safaricom, let's say KCB, the bank, but generally when you look at the others, I uh, uh, think it's, it's mainly because of mismanagement, so the performance hasn't been good, both financially and even the share price, but uh, looking at what uh, Kiprono said, the chairman of the exchange, I think it was in a forum where uh, Felix, uh, you are a you, panelist, and he mentioned that, look, they were targeting about uh, the government could uh, could get as much as up to three billion uh, USD, but then that, uh, that that will also bring liquidity into the market. Yeah. Uh, but my view is that look uh, in order to bring liquidity into the market uh, bringing liquidity into the market isn't about uh, uh, offloading more shares my thinking is is that as i mentioned in that particular forum uh, is that, that the best way to to revive the market will be make it easier for the retail for the retail guys to to access the market
2: yeah yeah america i agree and then you know actually if you're looking at it from uh, an honest perspective, mm-hmm. you know fund managers are not going to come into the market and trade today and then they sell their shares the next week. Mm-hmm. Most of these fund management companies are usually in it for the long term. Mm-hmm. These companies would come in and buy, say, Safaricom today. They're planning to hold it for the next 10 or so years. So that is where the liquidity goes in. So the retail market needs to really be involved onto uh, the trading on, uh, on, on the NSE just like we're seeing liquidity in other global markets as well. You're seeing companies, um, if, if, if we're looking at the local space, we're seeing companies like Robinhood give l- retail investors a lot of access, um, ease uh, of access to the market, and then we're seeing a lot of turnover as well on the market. So we're really hoping that these are things that NSC will implement. I personally believe the government will not be able to, just the same way we all want to, uh, we, we all want to buy for profit. The government cannot be able to sell its stake for in Canada at a loss. Mm-hmm. They have to give it at a premium. The no. government is not able to give Kenya power up uh, at a loss. Mm-hmm. So I think that's, uh, that, that's generally my opinion when it comes to the government selling off the stake in the market.
3: Okay, then now when we look at what you've mentioned about um, retail invest, uh, investors being the ones that will drive liquidity, um, and I think also the NSC CEO mentioned they are looking at three to four listings this year in his interview with Bloomberg. Yes. Um, well, where are those listings coming
2: from? Um, he said that um, they're likely to get two or three listings from the NSC's incubation program, mm-hmm. Ibuka. And man, let me be very honest with you. Um, I'm really, really sorry if this goes, um, if this might hurt anybody at the NSC. <laughs> <laughs> <I'm not> <laughs> the last, the last companies that we've had that the first company that emerged from Ibuka was Homeboys, and Homeboys had a little bit of a public negative outlash. And we've also seen one of the companies that got into Ibuka that was Taskies, have a very um, negative image. The last time we also had a company that was about to list was Nakumat, which was planning to list. Mm -hmm. Yes, it didn't get to list, but it was planning to list. And and that was another um, rotten uh, tomato that was coming on to the exchange. I really believe that if we really need to have, getting to list companies is not the ultimate goal Mm -hmm. of, of investors on the market. We just don't want to buy shares. We want to make money. So I, I honestly believe if the is going to give us good companies from Ibuka, and yes, I know there are a few companies from Ibuka that are very good, but they have to convince the market that we're not going to buy rotten tomatoes anymore
3: when they bring in these shares on the market. Okay. That is quite a strong statement, but uh, I think it's... it's That's my it, personal it, opinion, guys. <laughs> it, it echoes most of what uh, everyone thinks, uh, because at the end of the day, investors just want a company that they can... Understand it led to, and that is actually solid enough for people to invest in. Absolutely. Um, yeah, but maybe Leah, you could share your thoughts. You've been very quiet so far. Mm.
0: My thoughts are okay. Um, I'm wondering the government is it in the business of making profit? Mm. That's my question. Well, I uh, yes So, <laughs> if it's not in the business of making profits, they have to have a motive for bringing <laughs> these shares to the market. At the end of the day, they want to benefit. They're not trying to make you benefit. Okay. So there is a background to why we are bringing these shares. We may not know it yet, but it will come up. OK,
4: interesting. My thoughts on that, I think a conversation that I've had several with uh, Eric with the C is that <laughs> the best way to create wealth mm-hmm. is the stock market. I don't think there's any other way that someone can create proper long term wealth. Well, Bitcoin would other than and the stock otherwise. market. Bitcoin, okay, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but but <laughs> the stock market has been like the key. But personally, uh-huh. the, the stock market has been the like main and, and one of the best ways to create wealth yeah. for, for both companies, individuals, mm-hmm. and whole stakeholders. And um, I think, speaking of retail investing, uh, one of the things that came out is that in 2020, mm-hmm. Kenya had a retail participation of 13%. Then and that had, had fallen significantly compared to the previous not significantly but had fallen compared to the previous year. What's the Co- highest? Uh, the highest, not more than twenty okay. percent. and uh, that um, must have been the Kenyan listing. Yes, uh, hopefully. Uh, but when when you look at when you look at the the, the African continent, how 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 the stock markets performed? Mm-hmm. Apparently, Nigeria was the best performing stock market in the world in twenty twenty. And most of the activity was driven by retail investors. So compared to Kenya, in Kenya, what we saw in 2020 was that foreign investors exited massively. Mm-hmm. In Nigeria, foreign investors uh, uh, foreign investors inflow, foreign investor inflow fell by, I think, uh, more than 40%. On the other hand, Retail investors in Nigeria drove the, the the market activity in Nigeria, and that rose by around 70 percent, pushing that sort of turnover 50 a 50 percent increase um, in, uh, in, in 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 the market, and so making Nigeria being the, the best performing stock market in uh, in 2020. And and one of the reasons, trying to look at what happened, one of the reasons that drove drove that was that Nigeria has made it easier for fintech apps to, to as, as made it easier for fintech apps to to give retail investors access to the market. So when people are, when uh, when the lockdowns were there, people are looking for investment opportunities, so that, that made it easier for Nigerians to invest in their own stock market hence the
3: hence the performance. Yeah, and, and, and I think maybe just to add on what you're saying, mm-hmm. um, and then again now this actually now starts making sense, because I look at uh, statistics like uh, last year Nigeria was the second biggest uh, Bitcoin trading hub mm-hmm. crypto trading hub uh, in the world after the US and then you also look at um, what most fintechs in, in Nigeria have done uh, around enabling mm-hmm. the users to actually access global markets mm-hmm. so if you look at um, apps like Riseveld uh, Invest mm-hmm. Bamboo mm-hmm. they have already enabled users to buy your Teslas, your Apple, mm-hmm. so it gets to a point where you know uh, users are already used to that retail investing. Mm-hmm. That when you actually bring Nigerian stocks, then they actually they can actually uh, participate on those markets uh, quite easily. Mm-hmm. And then maybe maybe for me then is is to look at our state in Kenya. And what we can do mm-hmm. uh, to sort of just deepen that retailing uh, participation mm-hmm. uh, i know eunice you work with hisa closely um, and this is one of the things that you're trying to do uh, to enable people to invest uh, in local markets through their mobile phones so maybe you can just uh, this is your sponsor segment <laughs> <laughs>
5: I know. Um, he says a new app that uh, we've been working on as Kenyan Wall Street, um, which allows or it will make it easier for each person to be able to trade, especially with the penetration of phones. So you just download the app, and you can be able to trade any shares that you're interested in. Um, okay. Right now, it's still uh, it's on Google and on iPhone or Apple Store yeah. on Apple Store.
3: <laughs> cool. Yeah, so uh, I think one of the key things that we do in this this podcast is just to let you know about what's happening on the local markets and also um, make it easier for you to actually participate in the markets. And we are glad that HISA is uh, one of those products that are making it easy for investors to actually
1: access the markets. Yeah. Okay. I think I think as we look at the Nigerian uh, Nigerian market, which really really performed performed well in twenty twenty, you know, um, having a market turnover of up to one point one point zero three nini Nigerian naira trillion. Mm-hmm. It's also prudent to look at some of the other exchanges which also recorded quite some performance, like the Zimbabwean stock exchange. Yes, Zimbabwe is very very interesting, Felix.
2: <laughs> I think I think you see um, now zimbabwe is very good man guys in zimbabwe the Zimbabwean um ultra index rose up to about by 612 percent year 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 -year Mm -hmm. performance i think this was one of the best uh considering that last year was a very bad year and you know it's it's weird to call, call shots on zimbabwe because zimbabwe is that one country that we know the challenges they've had and right now they also have another um Zimbabwe is actually in lockdown right now, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So. so. So, man, I think it's challenging to see investors are making a lot of money. Uh, but last year, there are a lot of things that happened in Zimbabwe. We saw them um, allow for trading of farm, three three firms that were suspended from trading, including a mutual group uh, that was suspended from trading on the Zimbabwe Stock Exchange. And so I think these are some of the activities that brought in a lot of trading on that. Uh, but I know the main reason why we don't have Zimbabwe as the some of the top leading markets globally is because of also the the change in currency, um, uh, the, the, comparing the Zimbabwean currency against the dollar. So most of these stock markets, you usually find that the returns are, are, are compared in dollar returns. Okay. So if you're looking on them on the local currency terms, you'd find that they are very high in terms of return. But looking at them on the dollar return... You probably find that the valuation that it brings, the value that it brings into um, to investors, is also might might be slightly lower. Uh, so I know that that's one of the challenges. Zimbabwe would, could probably top markets if it's in terms of performance. Remember, Zimbabwe has doesn't even have the. Uh, there, there are certain times when you see stocks in in, in Zimbabwe rise by about 200 percent in a week, and you might be wondering what is happening onto that. Uh, their restrictions are, l- are pretty much lesser than what we have. The ceiling and the floor for 10% on the NSE. So these are some of the challenges and things that we need to understand as we move into the market.
1: Okay. I think we've, I think we've quite we've quite exhausted um, the NSE's performance and in extension talked about uh, some of the performance of you know other browsers in Africa. Um. Just to close on on the Kenyan market. What do you what do you guys think on the um, oversubscribed infrastructure in the infrastructure bond rather? Mm-hmm. You know, so far the government this month has, you know, collected upwards of um, wh- what was the figure? Upwards of 136 billion mm-hmm. issued I- issued um, from the primary bond markets this month.
2: For the bond market i think investors are generally hungry for returns and we're seeing over subscription in bonds and because we know the government is really hungry for money as well the government needs money this week we're seeing the government uh, the other week we saw the government receive a debt relief from the paris club this week they've received another debt relief from, from 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 china um for the loan payments that were due um the first six months of the year so i think we are seeing the government I'm um, a hungry a greedy government getting a lot of money my apologies to the guys in Treasury um, mm-hmm. and, and central bank that was not that is my my opinion but if, if we're always borrowing money and um, I think it's it's okay to tell you guys greedy but uh, I think our government is likely to continue borrowing and investors are uh, investors are looking also for capital preservation. Mm. You'd rather put in your money in a bond where you get that 10,000, uh, that 10% in return annually rather than put your money on, on, on the market or any other asset that is likely to depreciate in value um, over time. We know that, yes, there's inflation. That is the main thing that usually hurts bonds. But I know that even as we move through and invest over time, we're likely to see um investors continue to 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 bulk to, to probably put a bulk of of their um, um, investment in government securities um or the fixed income segment uh, eric the, the the market had an oversubscription right yeah uh, yeah by well, about 250 percent yeah so you'd imagine if the government is giving guys 50b and guys are are, are out here the, the market the performance was by about 250 percent. that means about 150 uh, of a subscription because the government is coming to guys with for 50 billion and they're getting 125 b so you'd imagine how much money guys are, have out here so this is a challenge to you, investor if you've not invested the next time the government issues out a bond try out and invest that is one way you can always get returns as well how, how do you invest in those ifps uh, first of all you need to have your you need to go to central bank and open your your CBK, CDS. And you then know, there is where you lose us. <laughs>
5: <No> <laughs> so, <available>. individual, <laughs> so, individually, as a person, you go to central bank. Yeah,
2: you can go to central bank or. You can actually open a CDS. CDS. Go, to, go to your bank. Yeah, definitely. Oh, okay, go that's to, what I was about to say. Uh, go, go, go to your bank. But I'd, I'd always prefer, I mean, go to, if you can go to central bank, go to central bank. Mm. Why do you have that preference? Because banks are agents, and every agent earns a commission. You wouldn't want somebody. And it's money, ban. Even if they're getting 200 shillings from you. That's money for me, but if, 20, I mean if you're investing in a bond, 200 shillings should be something big. You can always be able to pay that to the CBK, uh, to, to, to the bank. So once you get that CDS account, whenever there's a primary issue, a bond that is issued, um, at Central Bank, you can subscribe, apply for it. If the government accepts your bid, if uh, Central Bank accepts that bid, they'll send you a text confirmation telling you that they've accepted your bid and then you're supposed to pay within five working days. So they'll send you the bond results on, um, on 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 Wednesday, and then you'll be able to. It's Tuesday. On Tuesday, then you need to pay it by Monday morning. So that, those are technically like around five working days. And what's the minimum
3: someone can invest?
2: Minimum depends. Um, usually, it's um, it's hundred thousand minimum for you to invest in a bond. So you need to have a hundred thousand, hundred thousand Kenya shillings, guys. Okay. Yeah. Eric, you have some 100k you
3: have to fill. I've learned something new. <laughs> <laughs> so, so next time I see I see I see CBK uh, on Twitter telling us about um, there is a bond open somewhere, I'll try and go to their offices in town and get <laughs> and create a CDS account. CBK, for everything that I said about being greedy, I've given you guys a client who's coming. to or not, your 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 sins are forgiven. Yeah. okay. So maybe I
2: guess that's it for the markets this week. Maybe I'd hand it back over to Ali, and then he can probably push us through other topics.
1: Well, on to somehow still more depressing news. <laughs> the, Kenyan, the Kenyan passport has lost um, it, its global powers in terms of the number of countries which a Kenyan, or rather a holder of a Kenyan passport, can visit without a visa. Mm. So um, last year, we were... Or rather between 2020 and between 2019 and 2020, um, Kenya's Kenya's passport is now the 11th most um, powerful passport in the continent, and globally it's lost around one point. So right now we are behind countries like Seychelles, Mauritius, Botswana, Namibia, Tunisia, and Swaziland, amongst others. What does this mean for Kenyans, and why do you think the Kenyan passport is losing its power, both in the continent and globally?
5: Maybe we can start, if, if it's a powerful passport, what was it yeah. getting us in the first <laughs> place? <laughs> Very good place to start. I,
3: I doubt we'll, we'll, see, we'll, we'll, we'll see that difference. Uh, if I want to go to South Africa, I'd still have to go to their embassy, um, apply, they'll have to send those documents for two weeks to SA for approval, then they come back, and then, you know, all that. Same if you want to go to the UK, to the US. So, uh, we, we haven't Personally, I haven't really felt that we had uh, such a powerful passport to start with. Um, so losing one place for me, I don't think it's going to well, make much difference. I have,
2: I have a comment.
1: <laughs> I think, I think the, the one place sort of underplays it. Uh-huh. Simply put, um, last year you could visit seventy-four countries globally mm-hmm. without a visa, and mm-hmm. uh, this year it's sixty-one. Is that um, does that factor in
3: COVID? Because you, you know, because you know, there's obviously countries that, well, after COVID hit, they just reviewed all their immigration laws and everything, and uh, everything tightened up. So uh, I feel like that won't be such a clear depiction um, of the passport itself, or and our policies. Uh, it's more a depiction of uh, the pandemic changed the way governments view other governments. Uh, so you know, the first, the first. Reaction every government had was let's close our borders. Let's look inwards first. So I don't know, but those are just my thoughts Felix you had something Guys, Can you imagine South Sudan man?
2: (laughs) South Sudan now requires you to take to to apply for your visa here before you go into the country. Well, I'm not saying that um, That South Sudan should not have the sovereignty to 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 have to to probably grant us visa on, on on arrival but come on, man, I, I, I honestly think that you visiting East Africa is supposed to be the way when you go to Uganda at the border, you have your passport stamped. It's the same way it's supposed to be. I technically believe this is how you're supposed to go to Ethiopia, Tanzania, U- Uganda, Rwanda, Burundi, South Sudan, um, and Somalia as well. But finding out that South Sudan hit us, man, and I believe that, that is th- those are some of the countries we've lost.
3: Right, Ali. Yeah, and Ali, you're a huge proponent of the African <laughs> Continental <laughs> Free Trade Agreement, and which of course know, is not is
1: not coming to life since yes, we have a lot
3: of bilateral issues among yes, these countries. Because yeah, I I'd, I'd, I'd imagine that since it came into effect, more countries would actually be loosening those restrictions, especially for African to African countries. But again, that's not the case. You see, you see, there's there,
2: there's something that I um. I was told I actually read that some time back, where someone said that Africa's richest man, that's um, Ali Dangote, for him to travel to African countries, he needs almost in about thirty-three countries in Africa, mm-hmm. he would need to apply for a passport. The same way, if he is in the U.S., um, if if he gets a um, a UK nationality, he would he would only need probably his his his. his um, His passport to travel on visa on arrival for most of these other countries so I think it's also a game-changer for Africa man we need to wake up as a continent I don't see a reason why unless probably countries countries that are prone to attacks and terrorist activity like maybe um, southern Cameroon or Mali um, not forgetting our neighbor uh, I think that it's probably time when some countries should have free trade agreements and free travel movements for Africa. I don't understand why we, we need... If you want to go to South Africa, if you want to go to Nigeria, you're Kenyan, you'd need, you need to... If you are to travel by road, you'd imagine how many visas you'd need. Interesting.
4: Speaking of, uh, speaking of that, one of the things that uh, stood out for me, I think, over the last few years was Africa, Africa Union passport that um, was supposed to be launched, I think, last year, but then they pushed that uh, to this year. That was supposed to allow anyone to travel Uh, visa-free, the passport across most of these countries, uh, though there is a delay. But one of the, uh, an interesting comment that came up some time back um, in the online space was that it's easier for someone from Britain to travel across Africa using their British visa compared to someone within Africa to move, to move within the continent. But my hope is that, as the AU said, in um, 2021, they are likely to implement that. So it's just a, a matter of wait and see.
0: Okay. So yeah. I have a different view on the point. Mm-hmm. So let's see, if someone comes into the country, they mm-hmm. bring their currency, right? Just mm-hmm. we we buy their currency, mm-hmm. we sell our currency to them. Okay. So if someone from Britain comes to Kenya, their currency is more valuable to us, right? Mm-hmm. So we get a lot of money. So let's look at the Kenyan currency, it has depreciated a bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah? Mm-hmm. So if I'm going to another country, what value am I bringing to them? Okay. This person from Britain, yes it's easier for them to travel across Africa because they bring us benefits mm-hmm. than maybe a Tanzanian coming to Kenya, mm-hmm. their money has Mm. <laughs> I do not think that will take to that am sorry for that, but it's yes. just just another point of view. My thoughts, like maybe the Kenyan passport has also declined because of. You see, we are borrowing too much money. We're just becoming poor. We're in debt. We're just there, so we are becoming a poor country. Like we are just moving. We had moved to a middle class country, like in it. It looks like we will go back to the low-income country. Mm -hmm. But our currency is what was our benefit going to other countries. So now if it depreciates, what is our value to them? We're just going there. That's what I think. <laughs> That's, a That's interesting. Yeni, Yeni, guys, I don't know what's up here, but I've just requested for
5: forgiveness from, <laughs> <laughs> from CBA. Yeah,
0: our Tanzanian, <laughs> our Tanzanian <laughs> friends. Please, nothing uh, so, personal. So, nothing yeah, personal. i gone international. It's just, uh-huh. <laughs> it's just the truth.
3: But anyway, it's 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 all these different points of views that actually drive these discussions. Um, and again, back to Eric, what you are saying, for me again, I. I I feel very frustrated because even as ESC we have the East African community passport. But you know, in reality what can it really really help you with? You'll still go to T Z and you can get turned back yeah. at the border. At the border. Yeah. So so it's pretty much like um there's policies being made but the actual implementation doesn't follow through. So even for the AU passport I feel like it could come, we could get it, but you'd still go to South Africa and be turned back and you'd still Go through the same processes
5: personally, I would like to view it as a progressive step by step because mm-hmm. it's a lot of bureaucracy. there are fifty four countries or fifty five countries you have to deal with. So I think like with the approach of the East African countries with the e, with the ESC passport, that gives you at least access to Kenya, Uganda. Uh, Rwanda,
3: <laughs>
5: theoretically, de- de- theoretically. <laughs> but but I also think on the other end, on the western western side of Africa, there is the Ecowas passport that serves a, a five or six or seven countries in the western region, in the west in, the, in West Africa. So personally, I think it's a progressive. It's not a change that we will expect that it will happen in the next one or two years. But see if you can do sections of uh, maybe North Africa, West Africa, East Africa, South Africa and eventually 10 years from now or probably when the, when free internet or free access to internet <laughs> comes to Africa, maybe it rhymes on the same period of time. I think, I
2: think, I think just maybe just also to, it will be very interesting to see how many countries you can go with a passport from uh, Swaziland. No, they call themselves. They, they change the name Eswatini. of the country. Eswatini, man. I would want to have dual citizenship, please for you. Eswatini.
0: Why?
1: <laughs> the comment
0: I'm personal. supposed to say. Personal. It's personal. <laughs> <laughs> chosen to share.
1: I think that has something to do with the wives, but I shall uh-huh. move on. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, away from away from the movement of from the movement of, of people using using passports. We've, um, we we had CDC earlier announcing that they plan to invest, you know, up to one billion US dollars, which is around, uh, hundred and ten billion Kenyan shillings, in African businesses. And some some of the areas that they plan to invest in, include, you know, climate-related project, infrastructure, and, and finance. Eric, uh, you know, the one with the C. What do you think? What do you think is going to be some of the impact of this investment, given that? You know, historically, they have a history of targeting mostly communication companies. You know, earlier they they, they partnered with Vodafone Group to pro to sort of in the bidding of the telecommunications crisis in Ethiopia, and then last year they also invested around you know forty million equity in Equity Telecom. What are we looking at? I think the CDC Group. Uh, I think it's
3: the UK government investment vehicle. It is. Yeah. So so I think for them. When, when you look at what they've done and you've correctly highlighted the um the telecoms uh that side of uh the sectors so i feel like that there's still going to be more on um on it infrastructure so liquid like telecom um much of africa is still underserved by internet by um mobile broadband you know uh, by all these services uh, so i feel like They're still going to uh, invest in those sectors that they feel comfortable in. Uh, For me, I want to see uh, more inflow towards uh, agriculture or just agro processing or agribusiness and manufacturing. Um, But sadly, we are not seeing uh, a lot flowing in those areas, especially uh, when you look at, um, because even the Afri Afri Exim Bank, I think they said they would make some investments to the tune of, is it 110? million USD, um, also across different countries uh, on the continent. So for me, I'm focused on, are we able to get investment to sectors like agriculture or agribusiness because banks are neglecting such sectors and if we have all these inflows from venture capitalism going to um, to fintechs and say clean techs, and then we have all these um, like uh, the FDI is now investing in, in infrastructure or IT infrastructure, then agribusiness is always going to lag or be left behind. And I feel for Africa, it's, it's very important that we get more deal flow in agribusiness. Okay, uh, speaking of uh, CDC's
4: uh, investment investments in Africa, a few years back, they burnt their fingers, particularly, I think, if you guys remember very well, Mm-hmm. They had quite uh, an investment in a company that collapsed in Kenya, that's yeah, that ARM, one. right? Yeah. But uh, for me, I think it's quite positive, despite uh, these guys burning their fingers, they, are, uh, they have increased their investments in the continent, and I think it's quite uh,
2: commendable. CDC actually put, ARM, yeah, put, put money in ARM, ARM, ARM. on Thursday, mm-hmm. and then ARM went into administration on Saturday. <laughs> Due to the sanctions, or it was totally unforeseen. I think I think the ARM issue was unforeseen okay. for many of us. I think this, that is the latest thing that really hit on investors. ARM was totally unexpected, but we hope that things turn out well for CDC. Uh, we've seen CDC um, invest not only in Kenya but across, uh, and as as long as the, the sovereign wealth fund for the UK continues to. To, to 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 rise we're also likely to see cdc's investment in Africa continue to gain my only challenge also would be in just to every every person every company that's out there uh, look at this from a point of not not really encouragement but just look at it from a point of the wealth that is coming into the continent is so huge why don't you be part of it and also as an investor there are a lot of opportunities to invest in you're seeing other countries, are investing their, their, their sovereign funds into 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 our country into our continent. As an investor, you could also you could always be part of it. I don't know your thoughts, Eric. What's usually the offer for Africa? Is there an index that we track? Say Africans like um Tony t- Tony um. London. Yeah yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, is there an, um, an index that we could do also or maybe just some data that can give us Africans investing in Africa?
3: So uh, at the moment, no, Uh, but I know uh, just specific countries are looking at that data. So um, I think there's a report about how much um, Nigerians uh, invested in their own country. Uh, I think I'll pull that up and just share the numbers in the next uh, episode. But I feel that that is something that we should encourage more um, because, you know, if, if, If I know that actually Kenyans in diaspora or Kenyans here in Kenya have invested to the tune of, let's say, what, a hundred billion in their own uh, companies, startups, and all of that, I think it would actually encourage more people to invest. But at the moment, we don't really have any data on that. Yeah, because I think Africa, we we are are slowly losing
2: our fellow Africans investing in us. We are seeing companies... um, if if you follow up on most of these companies, you're finding companies like Pevans, Port Pesa. It has has a lot of um, foreign um, holding. We also seeing companies. Uh, uh, of that, we're seeing companies global global brand companies like Jumia. You're finding they're they're technically owned by, by 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 foreign individuals. So in Africa, you're finding very few startups that have guys like Tony and and Strive. Uh, get get into is it Strive or, or strike so yeah and strive get to invest in, in in them so I know there are a lot of other companies even here locally we've seen a few probably it's also because of a currency but we've seen guys a, like dashan uh, Chandaria uh, invest due through the lions then they're investing in other companies as well uh, but it would really be interesting to see how how other companies or even other countries, can can invest. I don't know how far our sovereign wealth fund has gone as Kenya. I know there was a proposal for that in twenty
3: nineteen. Um, I, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> if, if you yes, don't know, then it's know, definitely not running. I know, yes. I know, we are in debt,
2: guys. But I think a sovereign fund would, would come in handy. You're seeing the the Norwegian uh, yeah. sovereign fund yeah. is is hitting. Guys are no longer. You can actually every Norwegian owns. Um, the government has about $297,000 mm-hmm. uh, for every Norwegian. In case the government was to shut down and everybody was to be given their money and go home, mm-hmm. uh, I think everyone could get something. So Don't do in, that in mathematics it, for us. In, in, the, in the long run, no, for us, if we were to do that, we would be sold off our slaves. <laughs>
3: yeah. Felix, do this. I, I have an idea. Let's set up a sovereign fund invest in BTC yeah and hold for 10 years yeah it it could get us out of debt as a country Man. <laughs> that
5: <laughs> is a question <laughs> the CBK
2: governor doesn't like bitcoins he's actually given out his concerns on bitcoin and i think it's also because of the volatility that it's been that it's faced this week and also just any other thing maybe i don't know if ali had something ali even i i did, I, did, I actually today. had
1: something about bitcoin and um Speaking of volatility, there, there, there are two aspects of it. Yeah? Um, this this week we saw BlackRock open up uh, two funds for investments in, in Bitcoin, and earlier concerns were still on you know fl- volatility, as well as you know the sort of regulatory grey area towards mm-hmm. towards Bitcoin, which I think is really 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 interesting. Yes, this week Bitcoin has not performed well because as we have you know this conversation. Bitcoin is around. Uh, is it 32k? Mm-hmm. It's actually 32k 549. You know, compared to hitting all-time high of around 41, 40, 41, 42k, you know, dollars last time. What do you guys have to say about that? Okay. Uh, quick. My quick thoughts on that. The main reason
4: uh, Bitcoin, the price of Bitcoin, has declined in the last one week. I think this has this has been driven by comments by. The new, the new, by Janet, uh, is it Janet Yellen, right? Yellen. Yes, Yellen. That um, Bitcoin is, is more of speculative, and, mm-hmm. and it's been it has been used majorly for money laundering. So, whereby called for the U.S. government to look at how do they how do they regulate uh, Bitcoin. At the same time, the ECB president, mm-hmm. uh, that's Christine God uh, also gave a comment. I think earlier this week, saying that, look. Uh, Bitcoin, uh, before they consider Bitcoin uh, into the mainstream investment, there are those concerns around money laundering and uh, generally money laundering and those issues that surround the coins. But still, I think there will be demand because I uh, was reading a report about uh, what's been driving the demand for the last few weeks. Uh, majorly, it's been, as you've mentioned, uh, the institutional guys, so the likes of uh, BlackRock who are committing part of the investments into the coins. And I think we are likely to see more more institutional uh, guys investing their, their, their money into the investing into the Bitcoin, given that I think one of the things that we expect in the first week of February, Felix, as you know, is uh, Biden's uh, 1.9 uh, stimulus package. Yes. <laughs> so I think yeah, so that, that's likely to drive, I think that's likely to drive the price of BTC higher. Uh, once that's
2: signed off by it's approved by the US House the United States citizens will be expecting uh, the the first round of stimulus from President Joe Biden Mm -hmm. who was sworn in on 20th Erica said we expect
3: (laughs) no Eunice (laughs) Eunice, don't forget Eunice guys Eunice is going to be expecting a
2: check it's going to be interesting we'll call you guys for celebration hopefully (laughs) Um, on, on the other hand, I have uh, a little bit of another opinion to add on what um, Eric with a K has said. I think we have to know, there are two things, there's the halving session on Bitcoin that is coming up, mm-hmm. probably it started hitting the effect of Bitcoin. So for those who are wondering, what halving usually means is whenever the the value obtained from mining one Bitcoin is uh, drops by half, uh, that happens every every few period. The halving period for the current session was to be, I think, in around mid-2021. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, and I think that is one thing that has brought in um, a lot of speculation on on, B, on BTC. And then also another thing that we really need to know is that um, we, we've seen some of the highest transaction in terms of Bitcoin Wells moving. We saw yesterday about six wells that moved across um, um, in, in terms of transaction value and, and so I know that is one challenge. The past two weeks we've had a lot of um, a lot of well whale transactions done on, on BTC and I think that one is one challenge that we're likely to probably face over the next few periods. Those who invested in Bitcoin and you did your technical analysis right, you knew this was coming, Bitcoin is likely to come down but in the long run it's a good security, it will still be able to rally. Um, as long as we don't have a lot of regulations that would affect trading of BTC or probably make it illegal, I still think we're still likely to have um, a lot of investments come up. Yes, Eric. Okay, yeah. interesting. Still on on
4: BTC. One of the things that I think stood out for me was I think recently there was that uh, there was a report that came out that uh, there's someone who, who found a way to, to to go around in a way. Uh, think a transaction that was made mm-hmm. but paid for one transaction paid for two activities essentially means essentially it, how does that work? I think um,
2: it loses the blockchain yes sense, yes so
4: that, I think that was a, an issue around security. But then one of the positive things that came out was that a number of companies including I think square square, square a software development firm, they will be paying their employees using uh, btc partners.
2: in bitcoin yeah. but they say they, the employees have an option of selecting some of their a part of their salary yes BTC. Bitcoin, yeah.
3: Mm, yeah. that's square
2: uh, s- s- square i don't i don't know about you guys i'm gonna start discussing with my employer we see if we can <laughs>
1: <laughs> god please touch my employer i know he's here yeah, i only get paid in btc as well
3: <laughs> like, it looks like
1: you also have to
4: implement uh, Paid
3: in BTC. Yeah, but but it's it's, <laughs> it's interesting, and I think um, BTC and gold are eternally paired mm-hmm. because uh, there's a faction of people who see BTC as a replacement for gold, okay. and there's a faction who say you know gold is not going away. So whenever there's um, gold rises in uh, uh, gold uh, went up a few uh, um, had a few gains uh, the past week. Uh, so obviously that will always affect uh, BTC. But then, to
1: that, I have I have two questions yeah. Mm-hmm. One, um, is it really going to be given that you know gold and BTC have you know entirely different different volatilities? Two, the fact that you know BlackRock, the world largest asset manager, has opened up you know it is two of its uh, funds for BTC investments. Should we expect a ripple effect to other, you know, asset managers? Three, when BTC fell, Ether didn't. Ether almost hit um its all time high around three days ago. Ether is untouchable. Well <laughs> <laughs> that is how investors
2: defend their money, but
3: we already know. No, right. actually interestingly, Ether ether did more transaction volumes than BTC last year. Interesting. The Ether network. Okay, I'm going to yeah just go and look have a look because you know it has lots of other applications built on top of it uh it's not just the transfer of, of money but uh more can I maybe to answer you um btc and, and and gold are put together because gold is treated as the intrinsic value so when markets are tanking investors are going to buy gold you know because they want to hold that value like Sort of like a physical physical uh, value to the investors so um, having so btc is viewed as in s- such a similar way so like um how do i put it like an anchor to your money so whatever when everything is burning down run and buy btc or run and buy gold so that's the rationale behind it so eventually people see btc as replacing gold as that intrinsic value for uh for investors because you know the markets can crash, you know, uh, and the likes. But gold is something that um, is tangible, sort okay. of. Yes, so consider a safe haven. Yes,
2: yeah. and that's why Yellen said whenever you're buying Bitcoin, and this has been said a lot of times, whenever you're buying Bitcoin, what asset are you really buying into? Are you buying the future value? Does it have any intrinsic intrinsic value attached to it? Uh, um, so for that I would I would be I would be um, I would say another opinion that I think for BTC there's a high possibility it's, it's not likely to replace gold anytime soon. Yeah, gold is still going to be here. Um, uh, probably whenever whatever we really need to start thinking about is between BTC and and the fiat currency. Um, I don't know if I mentioned that right. <laughs> yes, it's weird. Yeah, I did. Then, yeah, schools. Yeah. So, 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 between between BTC and and you t- using the paper money, what is it? I think that is where we really need to start looking at the sense of of, of all this, where we use we use um, blockchain uh, cryptocurrencies as a form of of transactions rather than looking at it in a form of uh, security because yeah. of the volatility has actually proven that Bitcoin is not as a safe haven as as we think it is. Gold has steadily gained um, over time, and that's why even last year um, the the, the gold ETF that is listed on the NSE gave one of the highest returns on the market because gold is consistent. Investors like BlackRock, they might open probably some of their funds to invest on BTC, uh, but probably so that doesn't mean that they have actively taken a position um, on btc opening up your your accounts is that you're giving your fund your account manager leeway that they can be able to trade on 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 that on on the security so i think that is also another point that we need to consider um and also just to say one thing as, as as i wrap up on bitcoin i i think that the investors who are getting into Bitcoin, we're seeing that the, the previous, the last weeks of December, the dollar really shed value. And this week we've seen the dollar gain value um, on, on the other hand. The first two weeks of the, of January, we've seen the dollar gain value. And so I think as long as the dollar is gaining value, gold is gaining value, if you're holding BTC like I am, I'm not holding BTC central bank, I'm not holding BTC. Yeah, but, 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 but if you're holding if you're holding
3: Oh, by the way, by the way guys, okay, it's a sad story. <laughs> <laughs> I
2: wouldn't want to talk about it, not today. It's a very sad story. One day Eunice and Eric will chat. So, <laughs> yeah.
1: But I think that, a <laughs>
0: Okay,
1: let's let's work a little bit. Um, so earlier we we touched a little bit about about startups and um, you know just to I I personally feel like um, there's is, there's is more fruits to rip off in clean tech than than we do in in agri tech but then hey Eric me and you have differing opinions right <laughs> I mean we the, the the demand for power especially sustainable power in Africa is crazy given that we are already underserved by the. I mean, if Kenya is anything to go by, there's still, there's still a large gap in access to, to electricity. Mm-hmm. And um, I mean, globally, clean tech and um, sort of EVs are, are the new thing. And I mean, look at look at what Elon Musk has. Yeah. Um, what, what, do you, what do you guys think? What, what do you think is the future of um, EV uptech? Given that globally, in countries like Norway, it's already surpassing, you know, the vehicle sales in EVS, surpassing the vehicle sales in other vehicles?
5: Personally. <laughs> <laughs> Finally. <laughs> 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 Full disclosure. Uh, no, Do you own any to No, maybe I'll...
3: Do you own any Teslas? Oh, Tesla Full stocks.
5: disclosure. I prefer owning Tesla stocks and a Tesla okay. itself. Wow, so <laughs> <nice. investment. laughs> but um, also a Tesla car if I can afford one. But going back to how you introduced the topic on clean tech, personally think the evolution of clean tech, even when you look at it from 2015 uh, up to now, it's mostly based on the lead So like, for example, the grid penetration in rural Kenya or rural parts of Africa has been really poor. And until Kenya and until the government introduced the last mile project before, not so many homes had electricity. So what did this need? Uh, The need contributed to the... The need of electricity contributed to the demand of having solar powered systems, home systems. with also the payment systems. And what did they do? Uh, We got to see mini grids, solar panels, distributed across homes. And eventually it was building up slowly, slowly. And right now we have a big clean tech startups, which is very well-funded. And also, as we discussed from the last podcast, the biggest clean tech was the most uh, well-funded startups in Africa. With one thirty-seven million, I think, yeah. compared to last year, where fintech was the opposite, fintech was more funded than clean tech. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also think uh, the need, mm-hmm. <laughs> the need for the need for power and the need for having accessible power, it is what we. It, that's what has driven um penetration and more distribution of clean tech energy in terms of startups and slowly you see big companies adapting to have um their own centralized grids and power power systems like we have strathmore which already are producing Their their own power and distributing to kenya to kenya power for distribution and um you go internationally you. You go, you find companies like Amazon, which are investing into clean power to finance or to power their own Kubernetes to power their own, uh, <laughs> power their data, own centers. data centers. <laughs> and um, I would say the same, maybe you can jump in anytime, but I would say the same with uh, EVs. No, there is a need. So when t- probably i, I let Eric pick up, then I'll go back.
3: <laughs> <laughs> cool. Uh, I think that's, that's an interesting way of looking at it because, um, as you mentioned, I think uh, mostly the solar companies, startups in, in, in Kenya and Africa, have really got lots of funding. Uh, so we're talking Mkopa, um, Rensource, uh, you know, uh, the likes across the continent um but again as as you look at that demand it's it's been it's been mostly driven by the demand as you mentioned whereby we have an underserved population um, power they don't have they're not connected to the grid uh, and basically we we, we we sort of look at um, solar or renewable energy uh, sorry uh, renewable energy sources like solar to actually now fix that uh, demand but if you look at it on a national level also, um, I think, don't forget that Kenya, I think, is the top ten, uh, top seven actually. It's the seventh largest uh, producer of renewable energy in the world. Um, and that goes to a lot of um, geothermal, hydro, uh, wind energy. Uh, so we are getting a lot of even government support in actually um, looking at, at renewable sources of energy. So solar is just what has been done by the private sector, but if you look at the government, it's really also done uh, quite a lot in just uh, using renewable energy sources uh, to further the energy demands. And personally, my own opinion, I am very happy that the LAMU project fell apart, sort of, uh, because um, I I think that that was going to be a step backwards uh, for us. Uh, Yes, we are going to fill the energy need, but um, coal is not, the safest most uh, most <laughs> let, let, let me go with the surface it's not the safest uh, option of generating uh, energy for say a, a country like us and even if you look at um, america europe all the countries even germany are just shutting down uh, most of their um, uh, coal-powered plants uh, to just focus on renewable so i feel like uh, we've done quite a lot both as a government as a and as a private sector, to actually just increase that uptake of of renewable energy sources. As for EVs, uh, if and when Tesla set up in Kenya, <laughs> I will be I will be front of that line to inquire, not to buy yet. Uh, but because I think we can all relate to uh, just the company and what Elon Musk is doing, um, and we can see what you know how how uh, Teslas are. Uh, how you know you you view Tesla as a software company more than an um, an EV because they've gone beyond just being uh, energy sufficient or clean energy company to actually a lifestyle where you get uh, cool updates and you get you car to drive you to work and we all want that to be honest. Okay.
5: To get a CEO who makes memes for you someone someone, <laughs>
2: someone, someone said that. Uh, maybe Tesla should invest in uh, in in e e in, into the elons so that they can they can call it Elon. Elon. <laughs> uh, yeah, <laughs> I saw that. But
5: but I think what's interesting with Tesla in mm-hmm. a way it has driven innovation. Yeah. Because yeah. to have a well fu- functioning EV car, you have to have well. Mm, I don't know how to put it. Like good tech in battery and storage of power, and slowly everyone is trying to achieve what Tesla has done, and not in not specifically in form of four vehicles, four-wheeled vehicles like uh, the normal Tesla scoop or Model. Um, right now in Kenya, we have. Uh, UN sustainability, they Mm -hmm. brought in uh, sample electric electric motorbikes for research Mm -hmm. and which I didn't know I didn't know it was even possible but you see the idea is just, just a small spark by Tesla a small idea or the big idea of Tesla just sparked something from different countries different sectors just to see if you can make that technology be yourself, be your be assimilated to the conditions we have. We may not necessarily have Tesla right now but because we don't have what does a local community does? Hmm.
0: Fun Fun
5: automate the Fun fact. Okay. Did I thought, you know
2: I
3: thought, that? I
2: thought
5: we have one Tesla in the country. Yeah, we have yeah, the a KDA. We do. Yeah, we do.
3: We have what? a couple actually. not it's one. It's yeah. oh. not one. You should join the Tesla Association of Kenya.
5: There is a Tesla Association. <laughs> <laughs> Just, Just like v- the <laughs>
3: Yeah, but I was saying a fun fact. Uh, I think a while back when all these um, taxi motorbike hailing apps uh, were entering the market, I think Nairobi was doing close to 2 million motorbike rides a day. Trips? Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. Nairobi. Yes, I two don't know. Million. I don't know how that number got affected by COVID, but it was two million pre-COVID. Wait, how did before you
2: that data?
3: Before, before, I think so, late 2019 or early 2020. Okay, two oh. million motorbike rides. Yes. Oh, okay. So that means rides. one person could do around yeah ten or a twenty. Yeah. Wow. But that's that's a massive number, uh, and you if if now you tie that into. Um, if we can sell the whole clean energy uh, angle to actually get clean uh, EV motorbikes uh, that could actually be very very interesting for the whole population because again cleaner cities we don't want to ruin our park yet although we have the SGR passing through it
5: but clean clean technology doesn't necessarily mean motorized vehicles these bikes
3: uh, Yunus, don't to us about <laughs> taking
5: our okay stop. Uh, I like <laughs> Okay, stop.
1: <laughs> <laughs> right. I feel like Africa, Kenya, and Africa generally has that opportunity because unlike you know developed economies, we have the demand for power and we actually have a chance to start clean from the get go. So to build sustainable um, energy sources, you know, from the get go. But then I am I am worried um, as as an individual, of course. With the migration of you know some some of the corporates in Kenya or rather guys like um, the Kenya Kenya Breweries Limited and East African Malting starting to produce their own powers, you know, institutions moving to generating their own sustainable power. What does it mean to you know, Kenya power and lightning, especially on the NSC Phoenix? And lighting company. Ke- and lighting. No, they dropped the lighting,
3: it's just Kenya power now. Guys. That one. No guys. <laughs> yes, it's just no, it's just <laughs> Kenya power now.
5: Oh, yes. They
3: dropped the lighting they even long time ago. They even
5: dropped
3: the company. Yeah, so the moment KPLC drops lighting. <laughs> 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 that's, that's why you are in darkness. Let me
2: tell you, the main reason, mm-hmm. if, you, if you read the statement that these companies are issuing out here, mm-hmm. the main reason why they are looking on getting their own power, mm-hmm. while well, um, you can agree that yes, some companies are driven by the Go Green um, campaign, mm-hmm. I know most of them, it's also because of the unreliability aspect of Kenya Power. Not Kenya the cost. Power, What? Not the cost. Uh, the cost to, to some extent, but also um, the, the, the reliability of the power provider. <laughs> you know you'd rather, if you, even if you're paying a higher cost, you'd rather pay a higher cost, but with your high cost of power, you, 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 you have it, it, it's, a, it it's, it's reliable. But Kenya Power has had issues, not only in Nairobi, not only outside Nairobi, Everyone is complaining about the reliability, mm-hmm. and that also hits us all the way down to shareholders in in the in, in the stocks market as shareholders for Kenya Power. But KPLC last year brought in um, a new uh, board chair, and also we have uh, Ben Gugi, who's also who also took up as um, as the CEO for KPLC. I I know there are some uh, there, there there's some radical changes we've been trying to do. Maybe we can give them time and see if
3: they will deliver. Yeah. I, I always like my discussions with Felix because there is always a money angle to it. So If you look at Kenya Power and you think, you know, they have switched off the power for me, Felix is thinking shareholders are going to lose 10 shillings mm-hmm. <laughs>
1: that day. So it's, it's, it's actually very, very interesting. Yeah, yeah. and uh, I, I think it's, this today we didn't keep our promise to, to know our listeners. As we sort of um, walk to the, towards the closing of the discussion, let's talk about you know the, the inauguration and let's leave Michelle's outfit out of this, Eunice. Yes, she killed it. I
5: was actually thinking Bernie about Miss Gone, uh, no,
1: not Bernie Sanders. Bernie Sanders is officially on the. <laughs> 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 but then, um, what what do you, what do you think um, the the Biden's inauguration and um, the couple of executive orders that he's already signed, you know, as we speak. Will will mean for global markets? Okay, interest. Uh, I I I'll first take on that.
4: I think we saw when um, when uh, Biden was phoning uh, that particular day, the, the Wall Street actually hit a new record highs, which essentially means I think there's a lot of optim- optimism among investors that look uh, during uh, Biden's tenure. I think the markets will continue to to to, to give good returns. So. I think
2: it's, it's a good call. Can you talk about India, guys? India hit five fifty thousand. The Sunsex in mm-hmm. India hit 50,000 basis points. They actually had a celebration just in front of, of, of the BSC mm-hmm. yesterday. Congrats, India. <laughs>
3: mm-hmm.
5: Typical, one. Felix. We go back to the markets. <coughs> <laughs> we are exactly. full circle back to the markets.
3: Now please, Felix, explain to us why that's a big deal. You know, the
2: indices the, the indices generally give us the overall market performance. Um, seeing the Sensex hit 50,000, we're basically looking for more returns. Remember, India is, India, has, uh, in, India uh, as a country has about 7,400 listed companies. I think India's capital markets has one of the largest. Um, actually, India has more companies listed on on their stocks market than almost than any other country the u.s has accumulative of about um, we're just checking that data with with eric earlier the u.s has about 2400 japan has about 3700 uh no the u.s has 4000 mm-hmm. japan has 3700 south korea has about uh, 2400 so you'd imagine if india has about 7400 that is hazard last year at the end of Q3 last year mm-hmm. uh, them hitting 50,000 basis points it's such a big deal for me and also considering once again on foreign investors the individual foreign investors who've invested into the NSC some of them are, are Indian nationals and so their mar- their market performing India has always looked as a benchmark for for, for for emerging markets so their markets probably giving investors hitting those highs basically means that, the underlying companies in the Sensex have all have also performed, which I think is so good. So, congrats, India! If you've invested in the Indian, uh, in any of the Indian securities exchange, uh, directly, uh, if you've invested also on BSC, that's Bombay Stock Exchange. Congratulations! You made it to 50,000 basis points. It declined, but uh, to around forty-eight. That is at today. But it's, it, it's always worthwhile celebrating something.
3: How, how do I invest in, in India? India I, I only know <laughs> Reliance on and Tata. Yeah. So how, should, how, how can I invest?
2: Well, in the next podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, by doing the next, In the next podcast we can probably have a discussion because I think if I start explaining to you guys how to invest in India mm-hmm. we, we,
1: we're going to need more wine yes. and, and,
2: and I just ran out of wine
1: <laughs> and uh, I think that's a, that's a good place to, to close the discussion you know just like the Sunsex and Wall Street this podcast has it has hit its all-time high, which is a 1 hour, 9 minutes, 10 seconds, and I think we should let it go of that. Yeah, yes. um, but not before I work from our sponsors. Definitely, definitely.
5: Who are our sponsors? <laughs> <laughs> so, um, this, this,
2: this podcast for today was brought to you by HISA, HISA Technologies. Please, again, um, always remember you can download HISA, and uh, just as I... Let me not say it all. I'll give it to... To, to, to our 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 CEO hisa is here uh, <laughs> she's here with the, we, we call her the CEO uh, yeah she she, she she generally ensures everything moves moves uh, moves and and, 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 and uh, things happen so even this podcast it's because of her so maybe she can do something <laughs>
5: Uh, you don't want to credit the wine anymore. Um, <laughs> download Hisa. <laughs> it's uh, available on Google and Apple Store.
3: Yes. What can we do with Hisa?
5: <laughs> with Hisa, you can access markets, market data. You can be able to access... Um, Articles and content from different uh, financial platforms. You can also be able to listen to this podcast uh, This is episode three so you can be able to listen to episode one and two and also some very interesting podcasts on offshore investment um, and many more so Download hisa, then you can experience all these good things
1: All right, that's it. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Okay, good Sarah